0: Services are so complex now, there's multiple dimensions of quality potentially to any given service. Temper that or weight that, frankly, by some of the psychological fact. Does this really matter to to certain customer groups? And maybe you know early adopters have a different opinion about which aspect of the service matters versus different kinds of users. Or maybe gamers versus shoppers versus sports fans have different uh, ideas about what facet of the service is more important. Is it more important that the movie loads quickly or that it runs at high resolution
1: welcome to another episode of transmissions from tomorrow the show that gives you an inside route to the people driving the digital transformation of business and technology in the world of telecommunications and i'm your host des blanchfield and today i have the pleasure of having in the studio with me neil lilly from ericsson hi neil how are you Doing very well, Des. Thank you. How, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Start of my day here and end of your day there uh, in, in North America. Now, Neil, you're, uh, you're the head of marketing for Analytics and Assurance of Ericsson, I understand. Tell us, tell us a little bit about what that actual role is. What does it entail?
0: Yeah, of course, you know, in Analytics and Assurance, uh, we're looking primarily at uh, using big data. And uh, everyone's excited uh, about big data these days and uh, different platforms, different tools. Uh, You know, trying to crunch every piece of data, and we're specifically trying to help operators uh, get on track with using analytics to understand uh, the customer experience and to uh, measure it and to uh, diagnose it, to be able to do things about it, to improve it, uh, to understand how satisfied customers are, and uh, to deliver a better experience, whether that's uh, giving them something they want or uh, fixing a problem. And of course, assurance is a part of that. Um, you know, this all came out of assurance uh, that we've had, you know, for many years, trying to make sure that the network's delivering a good experience. And uh, uh, analytics has really taken that to a new level and branched it out into a lot of new areas. And it's- then, you know, my role with the team is to to help. Um, uh, you know, all of our uh, professionals. We have, you know, so many uh, developers and. Uh, and data scientists and uh, service experts and so on that are doing great work at coming up with really interesting new findings all the time, and we 've got to get that out, uh, get the word out that that 's what we can do, and um, you know here are the here are ways that operators can improve their business.
1: Uh, it must be an exciting uh, opportunity in the market now where we're seeing people want the celebrity experience. They want that Kardashian moment and they want, uh, you know, I guess, you know, that what's in it for me special moment. But before we dive into how you go about delivering all of that, because I would, I would love to lift the hood on getting to that. Uh, I hope you don't mind, but maybe we can just step aside a bit for a moment and just get to know you personally. I, we were talking earlier before we started recording and you are telling me, uh, I think you're originally from, uh, was it Kansas City in the Midwest in USA?
0: Yeah, that's right, Uh, from the Kansas City area, Uh, and uh, born and raised there, Uh, and then moved on to uh, Chicago for a while, spent a few years in Philadelphia, and then ended up in New York. Uh,
1: I think you mentioned you did a bachelor's in economics and then moved on to do an an MBA from memory.
0: Yeah, I started out, believe it or not, I was going to go into the hard sciences and uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, research the Big Bang. Or something, but uh, <laughs> I quickly realized that wasn't going to be for me. So um, I went. Uh, that's how I ended up in Chicago. Uh, I got a degree in, in economics at Northwestern, and I, I was interested in both the uh, the business aspects of that, as well as maybe the policy aspects. Uh, just to give you an insight, maybe in how, into my thinking, but uh, I found economics to be tremendously okay. valuable, not just in you know, in the sort of direct you know business application of you know what's the uh, climate like for for different kinds of investments, but really just the the ideas of uh, of how you uh, you know manage scarce resources, how you create incentives, or uh, you know take advantage of incentives, things like that. It's it was a it's a very powerful tool. Uh, I'm sure everyone you know gets something from from their their course of study. There's many times now that I've ended up in telecom that I wished I'd spent a little more time on engineering, but, uh, uh, it was a, uh, economics was a very useful uh, grounding.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, Particularly uh, with analytics, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, I also got some cross industry experience there. I started out uh, in Chicago after my degree and, and did some financial consulting, uh, at a small firm at the Chicago board of trade. And, um, I think that also now you know when you look uh, at tying all the decisions that we have to make uh or our operator customers have to make uh into a, an roi we uh, uh you know i think that experience turned out to be very helpful uh, as well and analytics is bringing us you know ever more close to a, a financial framework for you know lots of decisions that we
1: make absolutely i remember reading <clears throat> that uh you, you, you sort of your career path, your journey sort of included uh, what was originally a, uh, Anderson Consulting but became Accenture. Uh, you worked at uh, Telecordia, uh, which uh, I believe came out of the, uh, the the breakup of AT&T. You had an interesting uh, side segue there with a, a group called Idle Minds, which I'd love to just uh, touch on briefly because I think it brought a lot to the types of approaches you might have to problem solving. And, and now you're uh, in, inside uh, Ericsson and you, I think you've been there since 2007, was it from memory?
0: So um, I uh, rejoined Telcordia in 2007, and Telcordia was absorbed by Ericsson in roughly 2012.
1: Right. Um, well, that would have been an interesting experience. The, uh, the whole academic path and background that you've got, I mean, it, it, it naturally seems to lend itself to the whole challenge of math around analytics and, and I guess the concept of understanding assurance. I mean, when you're talking about your, your um, I guess, you know, not so much just economics, but certainly your MBA looking at all the business challenges that people face when they're either delivering a service or being a customer receiving it. Uh, it seems to be a perfect, uh, uh, I guess, journey and pedigree to apply yourself to that whole challenge. Um, what, are some of the, what are some of the big things you're seeing out there now? I mean, in, in your day-to-day role, I mean, you, you're at the bleeding edge of some of the most exciting challenges that we're seeing. There's a massive transformation taking place in a positive sense inside Ericsson as an organization worldwide. And and you're leveraging all of the different types of things that are coming through uh, in industry spaces around digital disruption as an organization yourself, applying big data analytics to your own organization. Now, uh, I guess, turning that mirror and reflecting it on customer experience and customer journeys and, you know, from your telco uh, partners and clients and operators all through to the end users. Um, what are some of the big things you're seeing come through? I guess, you know, maybe if we start at the very top end of and I think you phrased it as some of the generic challenges that are around sort of you know revenue and customer experience and, and transformation of that journey and products and services. What are some of those things look like in, in, in what you 're seeing on a day to day basis currently?
0: yeah, I suppose if you you tell this story you know uh, every decade you 're still always talking about things like uh, new revenue and efficiency and you know, quality and uh, a, a great customer experience and uh, every uh, disruption causes you to look you know, fresh at how you can obtain those things and deliver those things. And, uh, you know, we have uh, innovation of new services and rising customer expectations, uh, you know, intense competition, you know, we have uh, more or less growth in the industry from year to year. And so um, operators are looking at how analytics can help them solve some of these problems. And really in in a way, you think about everything an operator does, um, it's uh, making a decision and executing on it. And most of the tools that they've had over the years are execution tools. So um, here's how I can plan my network. Uh, If I put something here, I can connect it there and it can reach this far. Um, if I want to take an order and coordinate fulfilling an order, um, you know, if I want to uh, process, a, you know, render a bill and process a payment, it's, it's all been about efficiency and execution, about flexibility, uh, you know, over time now as the marketing group has become more and more prominent in, a, in almost all operators, uh, these systems have had to adapt to give them the ability to create services and plans and packages uh, and even drive investments and do those very quickly. And and what was perhaps lagging a little bit was, uh, what what do we use to make those decisions? You know, it's it's great that we can change our plans and we can make our network you know more nimble and have, uh, place you know our our capex in in different locations with different technologies. But which one should we do? And I think that's where analytics. Uh, you know, that's the promise of analytics, right, is coming up with the actionable insights about how good is what we're delivering and how, what would, what can we do to make the delivery better? Where should we invest? What do customers want? How satisfied are they? You know, are they about to churn? Are they amenable to an upsell uh, opportunity for an improved device or plan um, and so on?
1: So with that in mind, I guess, when you're talking about some of the, the I guess, the, the front-facing uh, generic challenges that you're seeing on a day-to-day basis, uh, where are some of the biggest challenges in just applying analytics? I think we were talking earlier and you mentioned a couple of key things around just data silos and the scale and speed and, and, and what you just mentioned before about just, you know, I guess, uh, data-driven decision-making around, you know, getting those insights and making them actionable. Where are some of the things you're seeing around the actual challenges in, in the core application of, of, of analytics?
0: Yeah, there are a lot of things that you have to look out for when you're investing in analytics that uh, uh, can be pitfalls and and block getting the the, the value that you're seeking. You know, analytics has evolved over the last, you know, several years, last couple decades even. You can think about um, we started, you know, with what we might call a network node-centric approach or, you know, an island-centric where uh, every piece of equipment, every operating system – had data and you could do reports on that data you could even analyze it a bit and and you could get insights about you know performance uh for instance on an equipment basis uh, but you it really was very much a data silo uh it wasn't connected to anything else and it's it's hard to know if it matters does this level of performance good enough or does it need to be better you know are we invest are we over investing in certain kinds of uh you know, coverage, uh, or capacity because we think it matters, but, but we really, we really don't know. And we can't invest everywhere, you know, at the same time. And then we involved maybe to more of a service centric, uh, service quality management was, was the, uh, the tool, uh, for a while there where we could build uh, a service model and we could take in data from operation systems and other systems and understand how the service was performing on average you know, we could define where the leverage points were and and see when we were exceeding thresholds in, in key spots. And that was a bit more of an end-to-end view, uh, but it still didn't really directly measure customer satisfaction, even in the aggregate, and certainly not for individuals. And so then when big data came around and the, the tools associated with big data, we could really take an individual customer view. And, you know, we have probe systems that could give us some proxy for what the customer was seeing or experiencing. But those um, really don't have uh, deep uh, explanations for what the what you're seeing. Often the the cause of the problem is upstream or downstream of, of that point. You really don't know from a probe system uh, what, what the underlying uh, issue is. But at least we can get down now combining that with network events, we can have a correlated view from multiple sources. And that's really the key, taking all those silos, bringing them together and having a truly end-to-end view, both of the experience and then of the explanation of the experience, the diagnosis, the root cause, and the next best action. And then where analytics is headed, I think, is, is to uh, measure a customer journey where you look at that customer, not just at a moment in time and what's their experience or their satisfaction, but where are they in their journey with you? Are they shopping? Are they becoming a customer? Are they making selections? Uh, you activating and personalizing, using, and so on, and and tying all of that uh, together and also across every channel that they interact with you through, whether it's using the service or uh, managing the service. So uh, so part of it is we need to you know move through that journey and have that widening scope and that widening view. You know Why some of that is hard is it is difficult to do uh, end-to-end uh, correlation and to do that in real time. Uh, we have uh, a lot of, of uh, stakeholders who need to see uh, insights in real time. If you're in an operations center, whether it's a service operations center or a network operations center, you need to, to see that information Uh, you know, right away or even before uh, it it impacts customers. And that's a whole other dimension, right? Is it, um, uh, you know, are you uh, responding to trouble or are you predicting it? Customer care the same way needs to see it right away. Some other users can can sometimes wait, you know, a day. Marketing is going to define new offers or release offers towards customers. Um, For instance, planning is you know, going to decide where to invest, and so you have both a, uh, a need for uh, real-time and offline. And then um, the other thing that's really different now is just defining the, the measurements. You really have to be able to uh, come up with the right metric that, that can capture experience. So, it, for instance, uh, we've had customers deploying voice over LTE and the traditional measurements of a voice experience just don't work. They'll indicate that um, the, the Volte is uh, performing well and customers should be happy, and in fact, they're not. It, and, you know, uh, many times more uh, difficulties from the customer's perspective than they had before. And so it turns out, for instance, in, in voice over LTE, it's hard to ca- capture uh, calls that uh, may sound garbled. Uh, where you hear some of the words and not all of them, or muted on one side, but not the other. Right. Uh, there are soft drops, and for instance, so we've had to well, work with customers to develop the rule sets that draw from multiple data sources in order to capture those new kinds of problems and uh, be able to you know, bring those to light, identify them, and then take the corrective action.
1: I guess that leads me to another question around something we were talking about before, and that is that you mentioned different types of analytics. And, you know, I guess when we look at the history of where analytics came from, and certainly, um, in my experience, in many ways, it came from what we used to call business intelligence. And then we got a lot of that data. And and you mentioned something uh, that also piqued my interest around building data lakes. But um, uh, you had a great comment where uh, you don't necessarily want to dump everything into a data lake all at once, because you could end up with what I like to call a data swamp. Um, Give us some insight into that sort of your thinking around uh, formation of data lakes. And then uh, maybe just um, some insight into kind of what you're seeing with the shift from historical trend analysis to real-time and then predictive anal- analytics that come from that.
0: Sure. Yeah, you know, just because we have uh, big data tools doesn't mean we should have every piece of data from every transaction, Um you, you still can overwhelm yourself and the tools and, uh, you know, be struggling to find actionable insights. So it's a balance between um, applying expertise and having a hypothesis-driven approach that you can then test and, and come up with conclusions and derive new rules. And, of course, you uh, supplement that uh, or really, you know, in parallel, in, in partnership with that, you have, uh, you know, artificial intelligence or machine learning. Uh, as ways of discovering rules as well. So, um, what we've found is, if you want to to be in real time, uh, you really do need to have, uh, of course, and the goal is, of course, to uh, have every customer. So, you're going to take data from every customer. You're going to take data from every voice call or every uh, data session. So then what you need to be a little bit selective on, about is which elements are you going to take for each of those. So it's still huge data. It's still big data. But you want to identify rules. And, of course, this is a living process, right? You, you have a rule. You, then you're going to have more rules. And then you're going to update the rules. So it's not, it's not static at all. Uh, but it is still a way of managing all of that information and being selective in a way that allows you to deliver real-time insights, you know to gather the right elements of data from every customer from every session and apply rules to that to derive insights about, for instance, um, you know a, a customer experience event. Um, so you know we don't want to have everything in a lake. Uh, We want to have the right things in a lake. And then uh, there are, as I said, there are some analyses that we can do offline. So if we want to, you know, evaluate uh, handsets or particular service plans or packages, and we want to hash that up against different customer segments, you know, that can be done uh, offline. And we may need, uh, you know, more retention on some of that, uh, you know, data over time. Uh, and if you're in customer care or the operations center, it's got to be real time.
1: Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, there's some typical things that we've been doing with data for a long time that I think big data and analytics has gleaned value from. But we often, when we think about big data and how to open Spark and Cassandra and stream analytics and MapReduce, we get very excited about the technology, but we forget about why we're doing it in the first place. And how do you approach the challenge of, of I guess, that whole customer journey and that omni-channel uh, sort of service delivery out to some of your clients? Uh, you know what? What sort of things does Ericsson bring to the table with that? With that whole personalization challenge uh, when you're applying analytics to it.
0: Yeah. So there's uh, really several dimensions there, right? There's the long-term journey that you have, and then there's little repeated journeys that that have unique steps uh, every time the customer interacts with you, and um, there's the fact that each customer wants to experience the service or the journey a little bit different than the the last customer. Uh, and now they want to be able to have that journey, whether it's using the service or managing the service from, from any platform, from any portal, um, and, and have it all be, uh, consistent and, and relevant and contextual. They want to be able to start a transaction on their device and then continue it on a desktop and then, uh, or a TV set, uh. Then go into a store and then call customer care and then finish it back on the device again. Um, and whether that's ordering or, or viewing or you know otherwise using apps. So what you need is a lot of data to to coordinate this, right? You want the consistency and the coordination requires data. Uh, you need to understand you know what customers want or what they've told you that they want so that the the experience can be personalized or that they have the levers uh, to personalize the experience. Um, you know, at each step, there are, there are steps in a, in a, in a little micro journey where you can intervene and help, you know, so you can follow up and say, uh, you know, how was the, uh, order fulfillment? Um, you know, was it on time? Did you get what you want? Here's some, you know, if you, if you see the service isn't being used, maybe you, you can prompt with some support, you know, uh, here's an example of of what you can do, or here's how to activate it or configure it. Um, so so sometimes you know the intervention is just information or a little bit of handholding, uh, and it may be initiated by the customer, but it may be you know initiated by the operator. Uh, and that's you know buying and setting up and and paying all those different steps uh, have journeys associated with them, and then you can measure satisfaction on all those on all those journeys as well. Uh, really, one of the most more interesting things that that uh, we've seen is uh, advances in how we're measuring um, customer satisfaction. And uh, you know in in the past, um, it was mostly about objective measurements of of quality. And services are so complex now uh, there's there's multiple dimensions of of quality potentially to, to any given uh, service. but then you, you'd like the ability, to uh, you know temper that or weight that frankly by uh, some of the psychological factors you know what is this does this really matter to, to certain customer groups and maybe you know early adopters have a different opinion about which aspect of the service matters uh, versus different kinds of users or maybe gamers versus shoppers versus sports fans have different uh, ideas about what you know, facet of the service is more important? Is it more important that the movie loads quickly or that it runs at high resolution? Um, and so is it, it, there's, there's, is the service important? What aspect of the service is important? You know, how often do you have trouble with it? How recently, How is the resolution experience? Um, you know, can all vary by customer segment. And you, you can apply that to all the more objective measures like, you know, uh, resolution or, you know, page loading speed or any number, you know, you know, dozens or hundreds of objective metrics. And, and you can develop these kinds of, uh, you know, satisfaction measures for, for a wide variety of customer segments or even down to the individual customer level and and keep them living over time and, you know, constantly updating those, uh, correlate them to, uh, you know, other measurements like Net Promoter Score. And the great thing is, you know, Net Promoter Score, uh, of course, tells you in the end Uh, whether a customer is happy or not. Uh, But it's only for a sample of customers. It's only probably every few months. uh, And it doesn't often tell you why they're unhappy. So you can correlate that back to an algorithmic measure and have it for every customer and have it updated continuously and be able to correlate that based on all of the data back to a root cause, which gives you uh, which customers feel this way and what can we do about it for them? Is there something we can do to make that experience better for them? Right. Uh, and so we're seeing that then, of course, now expanding into other steps of the, of the journey. So again, the, the selection and setup and activation and so on can have similar kinds of, uh, of sophisticated measures.
1: Based on what you've seen so far, where do you think some of the next big things that have come out of what you're building? You're at the bleeding edge of this yourself in your current role. Where do you see people applying this to get the next exciting edge? What are the big things that we haven't necessarily seen yet that you think that are going to come around the corner, that are going to be game changers in the space?
0: So to reinforce one of the points uh, that you made, we had a uh, a client where uh, they were trying to understand uh, you know that that network uh, satisfaction, and we had this the CMO pushing for uh, correlating to the net promoter score and being concerned whether or not the quality of the experience they were delivering from the network uh, was was what was promised or what was needed. And the CTO saying, you know, look, we've got all of our uh, SLAs in place, all of our uh, standards, you know, our agreements with you, and we're meeting all of our obligations. And so um, uh, by, by applying some of these new metrics, they were able to find common ground and at least understand the component of Net Promoter Score that was based on the, the service uh, quality experience, and you know feel comfortable that they were measuring that. Uh, you also made, I think, a good point about um, the details. You know, uh, Everyone who's applying big data analytics now, uh, the first thing they, they do is get a lot of data, but they may not have the insight. And then what they want you to do is deliver uh, a solution that gives them the insight, that gives them the answer and the explanation. And then once you've done that, um, they, they want to say, well, how do you know? So prove it to me, why is, why is this conclusion correct? And so then you have to be able to trace back down to all of the source data and all of the you know, causal data that, that goes into the, the algorithm that you've defined either through expertise or, or machine learning. And so you, you have to have both, uh, and that makes a lot of sense.
1: I think that's the big win that I'm seeing with what you're doing now where you're applying, I guess, marketing uh, in the sense of applying analytics and assurance is that now you can answer all those questions. You have got the data behind it. You have got the algorithms. And and, in many cases, it makes sense. And I guess, is it fair to say that that's one of those eureka moments now where when you talk to people, if you're in the boardroom and you're explaining what you're doing, people get it because you can get to that level of detail. There isn't sort of this, you know, just trust it's it's all good.
0: Well for sure the the fact that you can have both the conclusion and the, a direct link back to all of the source data uh and and events that that drive that conclusion uh definitely uh I think inspires confidence and I think you make a good point about uh you know AI in that that's that's helping us to do a better job with uh predictive analytics to not just see you know, okay we've reached the point where uh, customer experience is impacted, and here's why but say okay we're we're experiencing a pattern and a trend which typically leads to uh a, an issue and let's do something about it uh before that happens uh at least for the kinds of problems that you can you know fix on the fly um you know the thing about a i is to me it's just another way of discovering a rule right the the analytics uh that can deliver real-time insights is about having data about every customer uh having the right data and having the right rule set to interpret that in real time and ai is uh, a great tool for discovering new rules that you can put into that you know real-time engine um so you you would you have you know people with with great experience and expertise who can um Develop rules and and test those and uh, test them against the data, uh, but AI can help you find the new rules as well. But it, it it should not be the black box. You you have to be able to uh, glean from the AI the the new you know the new rule the new insight and then operationalize that uh, and be able to understand why you're responding you know why you're you're respecting that that finding.
1: Yeah, I guess that's the big challenge, isn't it? I mean. Uh, when people sort of say to me, you know, explain artificial intelligence, it sounds magical, Uh, you know, and and if anyone's a science fiction fan, they've sort of heard the quote from Arthur C. Clarke where he said something to the effect that uh, a sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic and I think that's where AI is sort of at that tipping point now where it does appear magic that it can predict what I want to buy and what other people like me have bought and what sort of phone plan I'm on and my my data quality might not be so great so it predicts a better service or a better phone or device. Um, I'd like to wrap up with one thing that I love doing with my guests, and I hope you don't mind me doing this to you, but can I hand you a virtual crystal ball and get you to quickly gaze into that and say to you, you Neil, if you were going to look, and the telco industry is is a very big industry, it it, it moves at a certain pace, Um, three to five years down the path, we might say that there's some big changes coming about in the industry, but I think things are moving more quickly now, and people are off to sort of finding, particularly with what you're doing now, I'm sure with applying analytics and big data and AI, that it's coming down to sort of two years. If I was to hand you a virtual crystal ball and say, Neil, have a quick look in there and, and you know, what do you see over the, next, over the horizon, next three to five years plus, where do you think we're going to? What are the big transitions we might be seeing, given that we're now applying a whole bunch of new capability to analyzing data, collecting data, doing the analysis, reporting, decision making, and, and then, you know, with artificial intelligence applied, uh, where are we going in the next sort of three to five years?
0: Yeah, I think there's probably three or four uh, factors there that, that come to mind. One, of course, is the transition to 5G, and that means uh, new services, and it also means new data sources. You know, the network underlying is going to be different in certain ways. Uh, we're going to have to a- identify the data that we need uh, from the 5G network. Well, and, and, of course, this is work we've done, but uh, as we as we see this rolling out, uh, even to you know maintain the kinds of insights that that customers are already you know uh, expecting that operators are, uh, so just to adapt to the the new topology, we will uh, we'll have new data sources. But then we're going to have new services, and those are going to behave in different ways. Some of those are going to be um, IoT services, narrowband or or broadband IoT uh, type of of applications. And those are going to behave differently, and they're going, to, they're going to be their own customer segments, really, if you think about it that way, uh, that have requirements and, and, and needs. And um, we're going to have to understand how to apply analytics to those new kinds of services, uh, what's important, what does uh, an IoT-connected thing care about, um, and, and, and how can you, you measure? What are the new metrics that we need to define and the new events that we need to care about? Um, something a little nearer term, uh, is the, uh, the challenge of doing a good job of assurance with OTT, uh, applications over the top that, uh, now more and more are encrypted. And, um, so you need a different approach to understanding what that traffic looks like, even though, um, you know, you're, you're not going to know specifically what it is. You can still tell from a kind of a, a broader silhouette, um, if it's, uh, you know, streaming a movie versus some other kind of service? And, and what do you need to know uh, from that to, to, to realize if you're delivering that well, or if you need to make an improvement to deliver that, that the way the customer expects?
1: So look, you've given us some amazing insights into yourself personally, uh, really enjoyed learning uh, about your background, your career path. Uh, you've got an exciting role as the head of marketing for analytics and assurance in Ericsson. But look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And thank you so much for providing so much insight into your role and, and also letting us get to know you personally.
0: It was a pleasure talking with you. I really enjoyed it. And uh, it was uh, raised a lot of, of interesting new ideas for me as well.